you really, really, really need to love and be super passionate about whatever you're going to do because it is going to take away time from other things that you love to do, i.e. like your family or another passion, whether it's golf or whatever it may be, you're going to have to sacrifice and take away time from something that you love to go and build this because most likely you don't have mm. the resources to just not be working and, and, and you know just build it as a full-time job. So for me, whether it was Vivio or content creation, like I've had to do it on nights and weekends. I've had to wake up early or stay up late. And mm. so that takes away from things that I love to do. And so to really be successful, I think you need to understand the commitment that you're going to put in and be super passionate about it. Because Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that has uh, built several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as a founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. And if you ever need help with your patents and trademarks, just go to strategymeeting.com and grab some time to chat with us. Now, today we have another great guest on the podcast. Rob and Cancilla, is that close? That's right. Yeah, you got it. You nailed it on All that right. one. Yep. I've heard <laughs> so, multiple versions of that one, but yeah, you nailed it. All right. I did. I, it's not very often I nail a name, so, or especially <laughs> uh, one that's not or straightforward to pronounce, so I'll, I'll take it. So, so anyway, Rob, um, this is a quick introduction to Rob. So he has uh, kind of the theme of his life is he's been passionate about video. So he went and uh, went to film school, started out, graduated in communications. And uh, then he was doing some things and uh, came, or that happened, or that his graduation came around. It was 9-11, the economy was tanking it. So he went to work for, I think, a reasonably early stage startup then went to Harvard Business School and worked uh, on project management for a bit, got an MBA, ended up going to uh, do some consulting, and then fast forward, uh, went over to recruiting for a bit, and then when the pandemic hit, started to go on to TikTok and do content creation for a resume platform. So a whole bunch of different uh, pivots and different <laughs> things all over your journey. So That's a pretty good with summary. That, with that, that's as good as I can get. So with that, welcome <laughs> to the podcast, Rob. I appreciate the intro. Appreciate the uh, appreciate the time. It's it's funny to hear somebody else tell my story, but that's uh, I think you hit the nail right on the head there. There's uh, a lot of different career paths, a bunch of different startups, and an underlying theme of you know startups and video are probably the two things that have kind of interweaved throughout my journey, if you will, of of going through multiple different startups, technology companies, and then trying to build my own stuff, whether that's you know my own platform or my own content and those kind of things. So it's been quite a quite a journey over the last uh you said they graduated 9 11 so it's about 20 years now uh, i can imagine and so and it, all journeys are, are fun to go down so maybe now with that as the introduction and uh, welcome you to the the audience let's take a take it back in time a bit so you went you're going off to you love video you had a passion for that and you went off to uh, the film school so maybe yeah. start your journey there and uh, tell us a little bit about how that started yeah. and where you got to where you're at today I mean, product of the 80s, right? Like an 80s kid. Uh, mm. And then in the 90s, you know, in the 90s, I'm in high school. And I think the 90s was like this really big, like amazing time for film. There were so many great movies that came out in the, the mid to late 1990s. And I just got this huge passion. And, you know, I was like, I was fortunate enough that parents are like, said, you know, go and follow your dreams. So I, I went off to film school to be the next Martin Scorsese and uh, quickly realized that that probably wasn't going to happen. And that was like, you know, it took a little bit of a journey in itself, right? It was kind of like, all right, well, maybe this isn't the exact path. So I ended up graduating with, a, you know, a communications degree to kind of give myself a little bit of a, of a cushion if this film mm. thing didn't work out, right? Give myself some mm. options, if you will. And so that worked out great. And then 
all of a sudden uh, graduation comes around. Uh, I, I take in the summer off to go find myself, if you will. And then 9-11 happened. And so the market, you know, as everybody remembers, tanked. It feels in a lot of ways very similar to where we are right now. And so I talked to a lot of, you know, graduates right now that are struggling to find work. And I was like, I remember what that was like. Uh, and so I went off and I found myself in a, at the time it was called the dot-com. We didn't call them startups back then. They were still called dot-coms. Uh, mm. but I found myself in an early stage startup in Boston, uh, mm. you know, just working crazy hours all the time for like two to two and a half years, three years. Mm. Uh, we were kind of changing the loyalty program landscape with like, uh, American Express and some other big players. Uh, and it was a great opportunity. I'd never really, you know, as a first job, I think going into a startup is a really interesting point because you get to do so much you know and when you don't know what you want to be when you grow up it's a great opportunity to get kind of thrown in and be like figure it out and that's kind of what mm -hmm. i did so now let me ask one question so first of all you're so you're coming out of school at 9 11 yeah. and, and you kind of mentioned you know different reasons different motivations different impact yeah. on the society but certainly kind of a bit the same as what people are maybe facing today with hey you've got covid you've had a bit of a slowdown in the economy you know people are nervous and all of those things so, you know, and you mentioned you also were going into film and then, you know, did communications as a bit more of yeah. a background or a bit more secure, whatever you want to call it. Um, so, you know, how did you land that first job coming out of 9-11, the economy's, you know, economy's slow and, and trying to yeah. navigate that? How did you find the first job that you worked at? Honestly, it was through a friend where I had a friend who had, had worked at the company actually had left, but like was very familiar with it, had a lot of friends. I think I got connected to somebody in referral and those kind of things. So I was familiar with the business model because of his time there, as well as mm. kind of got an introduction to it. And honestly, it was, I needed a job, to be honest. I mean, don't get me wrong, it ended up being this much bigger opportunity for me, but I mm. needed a job. And I tell people, like, I, I'm doing a lot of coaching now for like, you know, students that are coming out of into the market. And it's like, you know, there's this pressure that like you spent four years in your degree and like your parents spent all this money and maybe you spend a lot of money. And it's like, well, I got to go do my life calling now in my first job. And it's like, no, you really don't. And especially in this economy, go find something that like, at least you're excited about, or you think you may enjoy or, or, you know, mm. take that first leap. And it doesn't have to be, I mean, don't get me wrong. If you went to school to be a doctor or a lawyer, you should probably figure that out. But if you went with a more generalistic degree, like absolutely mm. go get a job. Uh, I had a mentor a long time ago say to me, and, and it's stuck with me and I've shared it with a lot of other people is your twenties are to figure out what you don't want to do in life. Right. Mm. And so I think like taking a job out of school that may not be something that you, you know, you studied for four years, that's okay. You can check that off the boxes. Like, I don't want to do that anymore. And to me, that's kind of what I was mm. doing. I was like, this is a job that pays the bills. It's a startup. It seems really interesting. And I know the brand, let me at least take that leap and, and see what it's like. Hmm. So now, so you do, and, and I think that makes complete sense. So you, and you know, so you say, first of all, Hey, I need to make money. I need to get a job. And I think yeah. that, you know, that's the first thing, if you are in a downturn economy, you know, not don't just settle or take what you have to get in the long term. but if you have yeah. responsibilities, you have expenses, don't be yep. too proud of, Hey, I got a degree in this and this is the only thing I can be good at. Go yep. take or take a chance, find those jobs and, uh, you know, make those pivots. And then if you really are still passionate about what you do with your degree and the economy picks back up, then circle back for that and get back reengaged, but don't sit there and just kind of wait for that perfect job to come along and miss opportunities in the meantime. So I like that. So, you went and did that, worked for the early stage startup. And I think if I remember right, you went to Harvard Business School after that. Is that right? Yeah. And, and let's be clear, I went there as an employee, not as a student. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, so I got a job at the Harvard Business School, which, you know, honestly, I didn't get a degree from there, but I got one heck of a really good education, right? I spent mm. uh, a couple of years working in the executive education department, basically doing program management and project management. And so 
it was an opportunity to work with all these different organizations and leadership, as well as learn for some of the best strategy leaders in the world for almost two years. Uh, and like I said, it wasn't a degree, but it certainly was a great education. And, and it gave me a lot of direction in that one, I wanted to go get an MBA, which I eventually ended up doing. Uh, it gave me a lot of insight into how strategy leaders think about, you know, evaluating the landscape and looking at the competitive landscape, as well as, you know, total addressable markets and all these kind of conceptual strategy things that I had never really thought about as a 25 year old and, mm. and even being in a startup. And all of a sudden I got this plethora of education on how to think about starting a business, if you will, um, from again, some of the best strategy leaders in the world. Hmm. No, and I, I think so. And what and what made you just out of curiosity? So you went and, and yeah. you went and worked, you know, as an employee, not as a student, but at uh, Harvard Business School. What made you decide to jump out of the the startup you originally started at and go over and do that yeah. at, uh, for a period of time? Yeah, I, I think the startup was. Uh, I had been there for almost a couple of years, two or three years, something like that. I was, and it was a. I won't bore you with the, the, all the details of the business, but it was a twenty four hour business. So, mm. like operationally, we ran twenty four hours a day. And I became a manager and I was leading this team of 30 and it became daunting. It was like a lot of phone calls at like four o'clock in the morning from another country. And I was like, I kind of just needed a little bit of a, you know, nine to five. Uh, mm. And then somebody got introduced, introduced me to this, this opening at the Harvard Business School. And I was like, man, to have, you know, I, I've always like thought about my resume as like, what, what is the brand that I'm putting out there? And I thought, mm. well, listen, if I have an early stage company and I have the Harvard business school on my resume in three years, like those two things are going to be a really good one, two punch when mm. I kind of figure out a little bit more of what I want to do when I grow up. And so I thought it was a good kind of blend, if you will, of the, of, of two different worlds that I could apply to where I thought I wanted to go. No. And I, and I, I, I agree with you. And I think that, you know, it's interesting sometimes it's not in a resume builder. First of all, you got, as you mentioned, you got a good education, you got to go and you got to work for a prestigious school, which is great to put on the resume, but then you can also yeah. say, this is what I learned. This is what I did there. This is how I got in. I certainly think that, you know, makes it for that stepping stone, so to speak. Now you, the interesting, I think, did you go get an MBA after you did Harvard business school for a period of time? Yeah. I, I mean, I jumped around a little bit and moved around for one or two jobs, I think, but I, I eventually was like, the goal was I got the itch to get my MBA while I was at Harvard. And I knew like hmm. in the next 24 months after leaving there, I was going to go do that. So yeah. And in, in, uh, I got my MBA in Chicago and Loyola. I did it part-time while working you know, worked full time and then did, you know, night schools and weekend, night school and weekend for like three years mm. and, and grinded it out. Uh, but it was amazing. It was a huge opportunity. Uh, I actually got into consulting through my MBA. So I had a professor who was like an adjunct professor. She was teaching like an HR 101 mm. class. Right. And I was thinking about a new job opportunity. And I honestly I brought her my resume as just like, you know, can you give me some feedback? Like, you know, I'm going to put myself on the market mm. and, and whatnot. And she was like, yeah, would you ever consider coming to, to PwC? Uh, and their consulting practice. And I was like, you know, that'd be amazing. And I'm like, sure. And sure, so, why not? Uh, yeah, now, why not? Before we, now, qu one question, just as a quick aside, but before we jump yeah. off. So you went and got an MBA now. Was How come you didn't go to Harvard Business School to get the MBA? And it uh, could have been, now I'll, <laughs> I'll freely admit, I got a law degree. I've got an MBA degree. I wouldn't have got into Harvard. Now, I think I'm ever uh, bit as smart and can work as hard as they do, but I didn't yeah. have the credentials. I didn't have the background. I didn't have the connections, whatever you want to call it. I wouldn't have got in. So was it a matter of, hey, I didn't want, you didn't want to go to Harvard. It wasn't available or an opportunity or kind of what made that or made you to go to a different school? I would have loved to have gone to Harvard. After spending two years on campus and, and seeing all the perks and benefits, I would have loved to. Now, I, honestly, my undergrad, I had a great experience in my undergrad. My grades were not great. I mean, I went to a really good, I went to a good school you know, had mm. the brand and all that. But uh, yeah, my grades were not good enough. There was no way. Uh, and so, yeah, to be honest with you, and, and I was okay with that. Like, I think 
again, I, I, the time I had there was incredible, but yeah, there was no way I didn't even apply. Let's just put it that way. I and as I mentioned, I, I'm in the same boat. So nope, uh, you know, it certainly understand, you know, that you can't, you not know, always get into all schools and uh, yet you yeah. go where, where the opportunities are. So now go back. So it didn't, I just was curious cause that was an yeah. aside. Now going back to see so you work, you asked your, your professor to look over your resume, you ended up landing yep. a job there. So how did that yep. job go? And how did that kind of go along on the path that uh, your path? Your was, journey? Yeah. And it was this, the next part of this is probably the pivotal part, right? Cause I, now I have, now I've got a startup, I've got the Harvard business school and I have consulting. So like to me, mm. like, again, I, I kind of built this like plethora of Intel, if you will. Mm. Um, and, and I took, you know, everything, every move I make, I, I like to think it's strategic. And so what I mm. did was I ended up in consulting and doing like competitive intelligence. So basically I was looking at the market based off of things I had learned at Harvard and, you know, and basically said, okay, how do I help the firm basically make strategic decisions about who we acquire, mm. what kind of talent we go after, whatever that may be. Mm. Uh, and so it was an amazing time. I got to work with, you know, ex-government folks that had been in the intelligence space. Uh, and again, I applied this kind of learnings from, you know, the, the strategy leaders at the business school and said, okay, here's how, here's how I think about it. Now, consulting is awesome, is a fantastic, I think it's, it's something I recommend to MBA students all the time as kind of a second education and a great stepping mm. stone out of your MBA. But mm. you kind of go through a crossroads where you are going to be like on the partner path and you're going to be a road warrior for the next 10 years, or, you know, you kind of go back into industry and, and that's kind of the crossroad I ended up at it around three years. Okay. No, that makes perfect sense. So, so you, now you've got consulting, you've got an MBA, you've worked for Harvard business school, yep. you've got your original communications degree. And then yep. I think that at one point you also went and worked for, was it a partner of Facebook or Facebook and yeah. Pinterest. I can't remember something yeah. along those lines. Yeah. And so that's, this is where the pivotal moment comes, right? So I go back into a startup, it's called Tongle. It's, you know, mm. uh, basically helping brands crowdsource video content. So all mm. of these platforms had come out, like you had Instagram, you had Vine was a thing back then is now gone. You had YouTube was blowing up. And so brands were being challenged to create more and more video content, but they couldn't do it at scale. And so Tongle was this early stage startup that was basically helping scale that. So it was perfect for me because it was all mm. about like working with filmmakers and video and brands. And so I got to tap into like the business school MBA side of me, right? And the startup mm. side, you know, part of me, as well as going back to like these, this, you know, passion for film and video. And so it was this three years of going from a series B, you know, $11 million company to $30 million company, you know, play, having multiple roles. And honestly, the most passionate I've ever been in a role because it got to, you know, left brain and right brain, if you will, right? I got to tap mm. into all of my strengths, if you will, or, or my passions. Uh, and that's really when I started getting back into video in, in, a, in, a, in a different way and thinking about like, there is an opportunity to kind of mesh these two things together, uh, meaning, you know, my, my job and my life as well as my passions. And, and so uh, that was 2014 to 2017. Now, one thing I think you mentioned uh, along that journey when you're working for, I believe it was Pinterest that so you said that, you know, yeah. that wasn't as good of experience or you didn't like it as much, yeah. or it was something that there was a drawback or something that major, maybe dive into that a bit more. Yeah. So I went from, uh, so I went from Tongo, that early stage company to Facebook and then ultimately to Pinterest. And I think hmm. honestly, both Facebook and Pinterest, again, was kind of helping brands scale video in a different way. For mm. me, though, I went, it was the moment when I realized that working for large organizations like Facebook and Pinterest, these are massive organizations now, mm. you know, 10,000 employees got hired at Facebook of the year I was there. I'm the type of person, I like to be in a company where it's less than 50 people, it's less than 100 people, you know, mm. I want to get on a 
well, now I want to get on a Zoom call, I guess, and see the entire company. But <laughs> I like to be able to walk in the office and see most of the people. I want to wear multiple hats. And so mm. you know, the, the joke that I make all the time is uh, if I'm if I'm working for a company where there's meetings about meetings, then like it's probably too big for me. Right. <laughs> like that's that's my that's my breaking point, if you will. I, I've been in those companies. I've been in those meetings. You're like, you know, and the, this old saying or the saying that I always used to joke around with is, hey, some companies, if they could be, if they can make money by t- or holding meetings, they'd be a rich company. So I've oh, yeah. certainly, you know, there's certainly some truth to that. So, and I, I'm probably the same way. I don't know that, you know, if there's a good reason to have a meeting, let's have the yeah. meeting. But if it's just a meeting about meeting to plan for a meeting about another meeting, yeah. then you're like, I'd rather just get to work and actually do something. So. Yeah. I mean, that's, that was really for me, it was for me. I mean, you know, the, the technology side of it, Facebook and Pinterest are both fantastic companies. They move fast. Mm-hmm. They, they're very innovative. And all those things worked really well for me. But again, I was just like, I went from a 40 person company, like I said, to Facebook, which was 10,000 people got hired in the same year I was there. And I was like, you know, I really want to get back into an early, early, early stage company. Uh, and that's been the kind of theme for me the last three years now is mm-hmm. working for an early stage recruiting company, trying to build my own platform on the side creating content on the side. And, you know, I tell people all the time, my side hustles have side hustles right now. So I, I kind of <laughs> keep finding new things to keep me going and excited about. Yeah. And I'm, I'm the same way. I always used to joke, but there's a lot of truth to it is that, you know, people say, what do you do for a hobby or what do you do for fun? I just say, oh, I'll do a startup. Like that's my, that's my fun or that's what I enjoy doing. So I think that there's, a, I certainly get where you're coming from. So, so you did now Facebook, you did Pinterest, you've done yeah. all these things. So now, you know, I think that that transitions into after you did that for a period of time, you get into, you got into recruiting and, and doing yeah. that and, and going. Yeah. In that so I route. pivoted, I had been in sales for like seven years. And so then I pivoted into recruiting, which is, you know, kind of a natural parallel. They're very similar kind of mm. uh, muscle memory or DNA or whatever, skill set, whatever you want to call it, or all of those above. Uh, and so I, I've always really been fascinated by the talent space. I had built teams globally on multiple companies that we just talked about. And so I was always really fascinated by it. And uh, this early stage company was utilizing technology like, you know, nobody had really done before and was thinking about it in a different way, as well as I was re- the recruiting, we focus on venture capital firms. So we, we focus mm. on startups. So I was like, again, got to like play in all these spaces that are very similar to me and feel natural and allow me to tap into strengths. Uh, and so, yeah, that's where I've been for the last couple of years. And then I just started building my own things on the side. I realized there were some opportunities. Most recently I built a video resume platform uh, called Vibio, which is a free platform where, mm. you know, job applicants can upload their resume. It kind of looks like a LinkedIn profile, but it has a two minute video where you can either introduce yourself or talk about your skill sets or show a portfolio depending on where you are in your, your, you know, your phase of your career or what you're doing, but it gives you another kind of way to stand out. I think like I now, tell people all the time, your resume is before very we dive too deep. Before we dive yeah. too deep in that, and we'll absolutely will. One question I have is, so, you know, you have, so up until then, at least a path in my mind makes sense in the sense, okay, we went and yeah. did communications. Hey, first yep. job you took was you got to, you know, apply to the jobs that are of interest, but to take a job you can take during a down yeah. economy, you Harvard business school. Hey, it's a great resume builder. It's a great place to get experience. And then you go do startups because you're passionate about it. You do Tongle, you do some of the t- kind of the technology realm of Facebook yep. and Pinterest and those things. Now you jump over recruiting in the sense that, you know, one sense it makes sense. You know, as far as, hey, you know, a lot of times when you're in those type of jobs, especially if they're a fast growth growth company like Facebook or Pinterest, they're certainly always recruiting and you have to go through that process and figure it out. On the other hand, you know, 
it's it's not the same as on technology it's not the same as you know recruiting and finding people and finding those looking for jobs and making those matches is a bit a bit of a different thing so how was that as far as you know was it scary to make that jump make that transition was it exciting was it time or how did you say hey i'm going to kind of leave my comfort zone so to speak and go try something new that's a great question it was, but it was nerve wracking, like in the idea of, yeah, this would be like a, you know, this would be a pivot in my career, right? Again, hadn't mm. really formally been in the recruiting space, uh, but it felt as natural a progression as I think I could find, right? And so, mm. you know, there was there were some personal reasons too, like in sales, I was on a plane all the time, I was traveling. And so there was motivation to be kind of grounded in one place, but tap into these skill sets that I had. But I won't lie, I mean, taking a career change, which had been the second time I really made a career change, mm. is always nerve wracking. But if you can find those areas where you can tap into the skill sets you already have, and you don't have to like relearn everything, right? So for me, it was very quickly, I could very quickly jump in and say, here are attributes that I bring to the table that are very transferable. And here are the parts that I need to learn. But like, the learning curve is a lot shorter than if I went off and I don't know. Went to law school, <laughs> as, as you said, you got a law degree in an MBA. Like that, that would be a learning curve. I would probably not jump into right now in my career. Now that I'll give you the one, it just complete side note, nothing to do with your journey. But you know, the interesting. So my undergraduate, now talking, not stealing your story, was yeah. um, you know I did undergraduate in electrical engineering and Chinese, and so those are you know they don't necessarily make sense. But I served a religious mission for my church in Taiwan, so I, sure. you know, I already learned Chinese, so I added that on. But I came out really with an engineering mindset. Of, you know, this is how you tackle problems. This is the kind of test you take. This is how you study for them. And then it went yeah. off to law school. And I'm now competing against everybody that did non-engineering that did like, you know, poli sci or pre-law or anything else. Yep. And I go into, you know, the first, I'd say the first year really of law school, it took me a little while to figure out how do I, how do, not that I couldn't learn and I didn't understand this stuff, but how do I put it in the format that I can compete with my peers? That's what the professors want and everything else. And there was yep. definitely a different change of mind and a learning curve. And I always used the interesting and uh you had the law school and the mba school right next door to each other so they were you literally i'd walk across the sidewalk and i was at the other building but i'd be with law and it was very analytical and you wrote it in a specific way and then i go to mba school i'm like half of this is fluffy stuff like it's a kind of a feel good i'm like so i used to like <laughs> mba had about 50 percent that i really liked and 50 percent i just felt as fluff so i get the absolute change in mindset and trying to kind of change in gear and you're having to relearn or figure out new ways to apply the things that you know no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny about the law school and the MBA, where I got my MBA, half of my classes were in the law school building. And and so like, <laughs> I was like, is it, is it always strategic that every MBA program has the law school right next door to it? I don't know. Maybe. So maybe you get the marketing people and the people that are building the company <laughs> that they get the lawyers right now next to them to exactly. say, don't do that because you'll get in trouble. So who knows? So, so now you now jumping to you. So you left Facebook, you left Pinterest and you said, okay, I'm going to yeah. do my own thing, which is recruiting. And you started to do that. And I think it was a bit more, not putting words in your mouth, but a bit more traditional or kind of going down the recruiting route. And then you had COVID or kind of COVID hit and you had to make a bit of a pivot. And I think you pivoted to TikTok with video. Is that right? Yeah. So no, I, a couple of things. Uh, so yeah, so I'm still recruiting, right? Mm. It's C, uh, it, but so I'm recruiting for a company that's not mine. And then I'm building this video resume platform on the side, right? And so mm. it's something I'm, I'm passionate about and I'm, and I'm trying to figure out if the market is there for it. And then mm. COVID happens. And I'm like, well, this is an interesting opportunity to kind of really test this idea. A bunch of people are going to be looking for work. They're going to be looking for ways to differentiate themselves. You know, my platform, it seems like a really good opportunity. So I'm also leaning in towards a younger audience. It's video. Mm. So I'm thinking this has to be, you know, probably going to lean in toward or a younger audience is going to lean in. 
So mm-hmm. I do my research. I know the social media platforms from my time at Facebook and Pinterest. And I'm like, all right, well, TikTok is, is kind of blowing up right now. Let me mm-hmm. lean into the idea of that audience and talking to them about video as a way to get a job. And so I started going on TikTok. I started creating content. And I didn't want it just to be very self-righteous and just content about this platform I had created. So I started doing broader content. And I started expanding out and out more and more and more. And just doing job search tips and career advice and whatever. And then that just took off. And then now it's you know kind of a hmm. massive audience that I have where I kind of help educate this journey that I've been on through you know consulting and startups and all these other things. And then now it's just come into now it's come into a content. And so now I'm literally talking about two other businesses that may stem off of TikTok, which all just started because I wanted to educate an audience about a previous business. So <laughs> it just happens. It kind of evolves. Now, one question on that, because, and it's a question that I think people, you know, whether, and it can be podcasting like I do, yeah. and or, or TikTok, Facebook, Pinterest, and a lot of things, but you're trying to go organic. When you take to the the TikTok audience, you're saying, okay, I'm going to provide a bit of an educational value to younger, yep. you know, younger demographic that may be looking for jobs and downturn in the economy. You know, how do you monetize that in the sense that, you know, it's, it's one thing to put out a lot of content, maybe, you know, if you get a viral video and it has millions yeah. or billions of views, like the shark song or whatever, and I, I don't ever <laughs> listen to that one, but you know, you get a, enough views and you can actually monetize it. But for the most of the videos and most of the content, you're not going to monetize it to a level to really make a business around it. So as you're starting to dive into TikTok, put out that content, help the younger audience. Is it just a pure altruistic? I'm going to help them out. Is it a way to drive people to your business and use you as as a recruiter or other services or kind of was there a thought or what was that kind of platform or how did you engage that yeah at first it was more just education and trying to get people to like use our original platform and and test it and learn from it and then it Mm -hmm. evolved into whatever it's about to become and and right now i'm evaluating that on a day-to-day basis of you know is it a coaching business is it a coaching business and something else is there another technology play how much of the video resume you know video are we going to lean in on so there's Mm -hmm. a bunch of things that we're trying to figure out the good news is when you build a large enough audience and you start to learn from the audience, the, mm. the monetization part actually kind of starts to come organically. You start to figure out like, what do people want? What do they need? What value am I creating today? And how do I take that value and expand it out into a monetization strategy? And so honestly, that's like evolving in real time. Uh, but it is fascinating to see, you know, one, taking that video part of it, right? And, and, and you know, starting with Vivio, which is a video resume platform, and then expanding it to what TikTok is today and seeing where that's going to go tomorrow is just kind of day to day, but it's pretty amazing. And it, and it gets me, it gets me up every day and it gets me excited in the entrepreneurial spirit. It gets me excited because mm-hmm. it's video and, uh, and it gets me excited because I, I like finding, I like helping people find jobs. I mean, I've jumped around in my career. We just talked about it. I've had a mm-hmm. lot of jobs, you know, so not only have I been a recruiter, I, a lot of the tips that I give are like, this is how I pivoted my career th- three times. This is how mm-hmm. I got a job at Harvard at PwC at Facebook. Like these are proven theory, like, like, practices these aren't just like made up stuff that i read on linkedin like this is the stuff i've used and you can use it too Mm. no and i I think that completely makes sense and you know it's interesting so you know as with a lot of people you start out your career you're you know you you do your own thing you know you work for another company never really think about recruiting you're never on the other side of the recruiting table now as i've you know shifted my career and start my own firm and some of my own companies and startups and that and we've been hiring and doing different things it's always interesting the things that you look at on resumes and the things that you look at when you're recruiting is to the tips you yes that's a a good thing or no i'm not even going to entertain them one of my things you know 
just as a, an insight that I found, you know, that for me is if somebody, if I'm, if somebody's reaching out, to, if I, if, if I post a job and they, and they express interest and I reach out to them and they blow me off or never come back, that's an automatic no for me. If I'm saying, if I'm even trying to hire you before I'm even trying to hire you, you're not showing up to the interview on time or you're not re- yeah. being responsive. You're not actually responding to emails. Then I'm not, I'm going to hate you as an employee because it's never going to work <laughs> out. So it's always just interesting. It's kind of a side note of how, you know, the, the simple things that can get you in the door or not get you in the door and how so many people don't think about that and you don't realize, oh, if I'm 10 minutes late, I'll give you my my best one that I had to do. Either I, I just, I simply just said, I'm not going to hire, you know, I was a little bit nicer, but I said, I'm, this isn't going to work <laughs> out, is I had somebody that I thought was a good candidate on paper. They actually, you know, looked good on paper yeah. and I it was interested in, so I'm reached out. We set up a time, you know, it was during COVID or that. So we did, I did the initial interview as a video and it was via zoom and i you know so t- it was whatever time o'clock we'll say 12 o'clock comes around and i said okay sit there waiting 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 and about 10 you know i usually get people about five minutes like you know sometimes it takes a little bit of technology or to get set up or whatever five minutes in i give him a call and says you know are we still doing the interview are you still interested and he says yeah i'm just <laughs> finishing up the round of golf and i decided that i didn't want to i didn't want to <laughs> i didn't want to wreck my golf game or give that up so i was just a few minutes late to finish my golf game and then i was going to give call and i'm like okay that's a that's a definite no like there's no way i'm gonna hire you if you're saying that i'm trying to hire you for a job that you say you're interested in and golf is more important you probably have a different priorities than what i would like an employee so complete especially, aside, yeah, especially, the interview, we- especially the interview process if you're if you're if you're, if you're making me second priority in the interview process imagine what happens when i'm paying you and I'm, I'm like, at least lie better. Like, just say, hey, I had something come up. I was a few minutes late. I profusely apologize, but I'm definitely interested. Like, don't tell me that you're going to play golf and that's the reason why you're steadying me up is because you want to play one more hole of golf rather than do the job interview. So there's my complete aside and my rant. But now going back to your journey. And um, so you take now, so you've got TikTok, you've got COVID, you've made the pivots. Next six yeah. to 12 months, where do you see that taking you? Yeah. So a couple of things. Uh, so probably going to go pretty, I'm going to go into this coaching business is, is kind of one area that came out of TikTok. I'm going to redo Vibio, the video resume platform. We're going to kind of play around with that a little bit more. We've taken a bunch of learnings from it and we're going to try to revamp that a little bit uh, and see where that goes. Uh, I'm teaching a little bit. So I went back to my MBA program. I did a class for them last, uh, last quarter as like a one-time thing. And now they're like, come ask me to come back and do some more part-time teaching. So I'm going to start to take all of these things and put them together and say, okay, what are, what are some of the, you know, what are, what can happen in the next six to 12 months? Ideally, I'd like Vibio to take off and as well as this content business as well, uh, kind of take off. But I think it's going to be rooted in content creation and helping people find jobs is kind of the, mm. the underlying theme, I would say, that I'll be going through. No, I think that makes, uh, makes complete sense. So First of all, good luck on the next six to 12 months. Now, <laughs> as we reached, and because I think it's a bit, it's hard to even know what the, the, the next six to 12 weeks are going to look like, let alone bugs type of a thing as there are things. But I think that the common theme, and I think it's kind of been throughout you, was being willing to pivot, being willing to understand the marketplace yeah. and where you can apply your talents and how you can apply your talents, I think leads to success no matter the marketplace. Because I think, you know, I always, you know, talking with a lot of startups and small businesses, the one thing I always talk about is, you know, 
the thing when any time the, the market changes and it can be whether it's COVID, it can be good, bad, or indifferent, yeah. but if there's a change in the marketplace, it reveals a change in the armor of the competitors, right? What they're not doing yep. well. Cause if it's a good, if it's a good economy, good marketplace, everybody kind of all, all ships rise and you don't often see what the things that you could do better things that you weren't doing as well because everybody's doing well. But when you have those changes, you can say, okay, this is why they're not surviving. This is what they're not doing. Well, it gives you the yep. opportunity to say, you know, should I go on TikTok? Should we be, how do we appeal to the younger market? How do we do recruiting in a new, in a different way? And I think that's a, a smart thing to take with all of that. So now we're going to, as we wrap up the podcast and we have, I'm sure a lot more rabbit holes and things that drive me nuts with the recruiting <laughs> process that we could talk about maybe for another day. But as we wrap up the podcast, I always ask two questions at the end. So we'll jump to those now. So the first question I'll ask is along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made and what did you learn from it? Yeah. So, uh, so Vibio, which is the video resume platform. I think when you're starting out, uh, you, you want to name the company, right? Like you, it's like this weird starting point where you're like, I know what I want to do. I want to build this video resume platform, but like, what is the actual name of the company and the brand? It took us mm -hmm. forever. Me and a friend of mine started it. There's a text thread somewhere. That's like 200 text probably that just names back and forth. And then you're also trying to figure out like, how do you get a .com or a .io? Like, how do you get a name that you can put into a, you know, a decent website, right? And so we came up with Vibio, which is this play on like video and bio kind of thing. And we're like, that, mm. that makes sense. We did a ton of research. There's nothing really out there. So we're like, good. We get the IO, Vibio.io. We get the website and then we go build it. And we're working with a designer and an engineer for like 60 days. And all of a sudden, one night I get a slack in the middle of the night and the engineer's like, hey, are you familiar with the other Vibio? And I was like, <laughs> uh... No, no? <laughs> so quick Google search. Uh, and the first thing that comes up is uh, when sex meets tech. And it was like, uh, like a, like a uh, Bluetooth vibrator company called Vibio. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> so if you Google Vibio, you should scroll down to the US version uh, video resume platform, not the other one. And yeah, honestly, like, I don't know if we could have avoided that mistake. Maybe if we just kept checking, because when we first, they must have launched in between the time we got the name and before we got to market. But man, mm. like, you know, you try to, you try to build a brand with a name and you start there. And for us, it was a, ma and so we literally were like, should we change the name? And we're like, yeah, who knows? It'd be maybe a funny story. And maybe we won't even make it. It won't even <laughs> matter. So we're like, forget it. Let's just keep it and go with it. So yes, my video resume company shares the name with a vibrator company out of the UK. All right, that that is one of the top ones. I like that mistake just because it's a unique one and a memorable one. So, that who would have, who would have thought that you would have come up with the just randomly the same name as a completely different company, in a completely different industry, oh, a completely funny. different country. Yep. So yeah. All right. So now we're we'll what you name your company. That's what you should need to just take away from me. Be careful what you name your company and yes. do your research and due diligence. That's right. There's a very good lesson to learn there. So. All right. Second question I always ask is, so talking to someone that's just getting to a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Yeah, this advice has probably been given, but I think it's worth mentioning again is like you really, really, really need to love and be super passionate about whatever you're going to do because it is going to take away time from other things that you love to do, i.e. like your family or another passion, whether it's golf or whatever it may be. You're going to have to sacrifice and take away time from something that you love to go and build this because most likely you don't have mm. the resources to just not be working and, 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 you know, just build it as a full-time job. So for me, whether it was Vibio or content creation, like I've had to do it on nights and weekends. I've had to wake up early or stay up late. And mm. so that takes away from things that I love to do. And so to really be successful, I think you need to understand the commitment that you're going to put in 
and be super passionate about it. Cause there's going to be days and nights when you're like, I don't want to do this or I'm too tired or I've got other things to do. And you got to kind of find a way to push that through. And I think if you're, you're really excited about it and it, and it mm. moves you, then it's a very different thing than saying, well, I just want to make more money or I just want to go do this. Uh, and so you probably heard that before. It's probably a little cliche, but I do think as I've been going through the last six months, mm. if I didn't love video, I would not be creating a video every day. Like that would, mm. it would, then there's days I don't want to create video, but you know, it, it pushes me through and I, and I find a way to do it. No. And, and I, I always, I always kind of talk about, you know, I think that one is to find your passion, but you have to find a passion that people are going willing to pay you for. Right. In the sense that too yeah, often yeah, you yeah. just hear the cliche, Oh, follow your passion, follow your passion. I'm like, well, yes, follow your passion is a good thing. But if you're, you know, if I'm passionate about, you know, I use the example, passionate about basketball, doesn't matter yeah. how passionate I'm about basketball. I'm not going to be an <laughs> NBA player. I don't have the skills and I'm way too old and list goes on and on. I can be as passionate about playing basketball as I want. Now you may be able to find, Hey, my passion is about basketball. Now I'm going to go into sports analytics or I'm going to go into yeah. trading, you know, trading cards. And I don't do trading cards. I have no idea if they're still valuable or not, but those type of things, <laughs> but now back, you have to find, find where your passion meets something that people are willing to pay you for. And then that's where I think where the sweet spot is. But I, I like your, your feedback on that or your, or your, no, I, I think, I mean, I think that's spot on, right. To your point, like your, your passions, you do need to recognize the market and see where yeah. it is. I mean, for me, it was like recognizing that TikTok was blowing up and that video was still very much a medium that people are, are leaning in on. But I agree with you. Like you can be super excited about something. And if the mark, the rest of the market isn't, then yeah, you're probably not gonna be able to monetize it. And it's probably going to be a challenge or the road is the journey to that monetization is going to be so long that by the time you get there, you're going to be like, I don't actually love this anymore. Mm. <laughs> so, and so you have to figure out what that happy medium of is like, is this something I'm super passionate about? Can I monetize it? And can I get there in a, in a reasonable time without it? And, and you don't always know. You have to test and learn, but like mm. you got to be willing to do that. So, no, and I completely agree. So, now as we wrap up, so people want to find out more about, you know, your business. They yeah. want to watch your TikTok videos. They want to use you as a recruiter. They want to get yeah. more information. They want to reach out to you. They want to be an employee. They want to be your investor. They want to be your <laughs> next best friend. Any or all of the above, what's the best way to connect up with you? Yeah, probably LinkedIn for the, for this. Uh, certainly can follow me on TikTok and both are under my name, Rob Cancilla, Rob underscore Cancilla on TikTok. But either one of those will be the, the best. LinkedIn obviously, you know, has, has got a much better kind of communication channel in the sense of networking and, and all those kind of things. So highly recommend going that route. All right. Well, I definitely encourage everybody to link or follow you on uh, TikTok, watch your videos, reach out to you on LinkedIn, use your awesome. recruiting services. So anybody, especially if you're looking for a job or looking for how to land your next best job, certainly reach out to Rob. Well, thank you for all for coming on. Now, for all of you that are now the for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell, uh, feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to have you on the podcast. Just go to inventivejourneyguest.com and apply to be on the podcast. If you are a listener, also make sure to click subscribe so you can get notifications as all our new awesome episodes come out. And last but not least, if you uh, ever need help with patents, trademarks, or anything else with your business, feel free to reach out to us at Miller of Key Law by going to strategymeeting.com and grabbing some time to chat with us. So thank you again, Rob. It's been a pleasure Thanks, and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thanks, man. All right. Have a good one.